Hey, everybody, and welcome to another Breakthrough Academy. Welcome, everyone. I'm here. Um, my name's Peter Lewis. I'm... <laughs> and we've got Brooke here, too, who's watching online, as, but she's live right here with us. We just heard, we just heard your voice over again. Yeah. Yes, it was, we know the audio is working because we heard it um, in, the, in the auditorium there. So um, I, my name's Peter Lewis. I'm pastor here at Breakthrough Church here in the eastern part of Melbourne. And um, this is Josh Dobie. Yes, it's excited to be here again. I don't take for granted uh, being able to be here. Um, it's just it's it's not just a lot of fun. There's a, there's a lot of good teaching, and I know it's it's building me up, and it's um and it's building us all up. Um, and so I'm grateful to be here in person as usual. Um, there was always a space and a place for you to be here in person. We love that you can connect online, and that's awesome. That's great. Um, but if you can, if you ever can, I encourage you, come and join. There, there are seats here. We've got the heaters on, um, friendly faces, smiling faces, and, and so it's a really cool atmosphere and, and just the things that God is doing in these times. It's, it's exciting. It's, yeah. So appreciate that, Josh, and I, I say amen to that. We're going to um, launch into the Word of God, give ourselves plenty of time to take our time to study it mm. and um, flow um, under the Holy Spirit's direction as to how much time to spend on things. Um, but we, this is one of the things we get to do in Breakthrough Academy is dive into something so that we can get a really solid understanding of it and not just um, hit the high points. And especially when a topic that's God's um, covenant, it's the, the new covenant that we walk in and um, such an important topic. Mm, yeah, this is, like, this is something that affects every part of our whole, <laughs> our yeah. whole life, our whole, our whole journey, like what, what, we, what we have access to, what's our part, what's God's part. Um, so it's very, it's very vital. It's very significant to, yeah. to it, everything. <laughs> in fact, it's it's the way God um, God talks in in light of covenant. That's how He frames things. Um, in fact, let me just see if I can find the scripture here. We'll start. We'll, we'll go off the script straight away. Like setting, like setting, like the boundaries for the relationship or whatever. How, yeah. How you he can act, you can actually expect this is what God has said. This is what He'll do. Yeah. It, it's um. Let's look at um. We we mentioned this scripture right at the end of um the Bible when we're doing the series on the Bible, talking into this. Mm. But just, just, just take a moment here. For, there'll be people here watching, um, weren't part of that series. Um, from Psalm 25, um, let's go there. And in verse 12, um, go, go to my translation of so it's the same as my Bible. Who is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. His soul will abide in prosperity and his descendants will inherit the land. And then verse 14, the secret of Yahweh or the secret of the Lord is for those who fear him and he will make them know his covenant. Um, and what this verse is talking about is, um, and this is, this is how I like to see it. Um, Josh, if I was going to tell you something that was particularly not not just sort of uh, general conversation. Now we we might be out in the foyer afterwards, and mm. everyone's having a coffee and we're having a chat. But then I say, Josh, not here. You know, mm. not 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 amongst the people. Mm. Not where everyone can hear. Not not amongst Brooke. Yeah, not not where everybody is just sort of talking and being frivolous, whatever. I take you by you know your elbow and I say, Josh, come here, mm. and I lead you into the office and I shut the door and I sit down and I say, Josh, I need to talk to you. Yeah. So in that point, you, you your your eyes are. Big, you're, you're you're ready to you're you're primed, ready I'm to go with attention. Like what what like what's gonna you know? Yeah, this, what what, what am big. I gonna say? Because I'm saying, Josh, this is what I need to speak to. I can't speak this to everybody, mm. but I can speak this to you. 
and uh, it's because your heart, um, it says earlier on, um, it says that the man who fears the Lord, um, God will instruct him in the way he should choose. Mm. In other words, your heart, your, your response and your attitude towards me opens up to the door for me to be able to speak to you now. Mm. And I'm going to give you some guidance. I'm going to direct you in this. And it says, so it's the secret of the Lord. It's the, um, it, it's the words which um, it, it means that the thing's not just, just frivolously given. It's the special stuff. And it says, and he will make them know his covenant. Mm. Now, I don't think that means that Josh bring you into the secret place and say, I have a covenant with you. I don't think God's saying that because I think they knew they had that covenant. Mm. It's not saying I will make you know that there is a covenant. What he's saying is I will speak to you about the covenant. I will speak to you out of the covenant. I will speak to you in the terms of the covenant. That's how God directs his conversation to us. When he's in that really serious spot, when he wants to speak to us very seriously, he speaks covenant talk. So it's not the more we can understand how covenant works, the more we can walk in the truths of a covenant. Then it means that God is able to communicate with us and show us how to live, and we get it more because mm. it's in the terms of a covenant. Yeah, that's um, good. it's not just a oh, you should do this, but whenever He says something, it'll be in alignment with His covenant. Yeah, it'll be in the in the boundaries of that covenant. So when we understand those boundaries when we understand how a covenant works overall, but then the particulars of his covenant with us, the new covenant and what that pertains, then we can walk in that. And um, I like what the new, um, the living Bible says, um, uh, the new living says, friendship with the Lord is reserved for those who fear him. With them, he shares the secrets of his covenant. This is like this, when God is able to share the, the things that are close to his heart. Yeah. And um, I love that. I'll just say that again from the New Living. Friendship with the Lord is reserved for those who fear him. With them, he shares the secrets of his covenant. Hallelujah. So that's what we want to do today. We want to, we want to dive into that. And so can I show you the diagram that we had a couple of weeks oh, last week? Um, the trouble is my diagrams start really simple, and they just sort of grow a little bit. And then by the end, everyone looks at it and says, we, I can't even yeah, work out what that is. It, it made sense last week. And I'm not sure. I see my name. Yeah. And I see so the Josh cross. is at the Josh very end. I, I, I should say I see the cross first. Yeah. I, I, then I see my name. That's, that's how it happened. Um, so we want we want that's very good spiritual. Um, good, good catch there, Josh. Um, basically, I, I go back and watch. If you weren't watching last week, you can go back um, to last week's teaching. They're all on our um, YouTube channel, Breakthrough Melbourne, and or you go to our website, breakthrough.org.au, and slash academy. And you can have all the lessons are there. Mm. Um, this shows how the fact that even though the new covenant was established in Jesus and the work that he did on the cross, he began to speak to it and make the vows to it earlier. He spoke mm. to Abraham. He spoke to Jacob. He spoke to Isaac. Um, he spoke to um, Jeremiah through the prophet. And he said, "This is." And these things he spoke mm. regarding this. So even though the, the covenant wasn't um, put into place here, he was already speaking to it and he was already um, preparing for it and, and putting those words so that when it came, we were ready to run. But in the meantime, and we, we purposely didn't cover this last week, with God established this covenant with his servant Abraham because of his faith, but then it was not until Jesus that he could actually um, bring the covenant into its fullness because there was things he... As, good, as much as Abraham believed God, mm. there was 
um, limitations with Abraham. Abraham still needed his sins cleansed, yeah. whereas and so God could deal with him. And you say, well, you know, couldn't he have done a, a sacrifice? You know that they did the bulls and the goats. Well, the Bible says that those those were sacrifices that never actually cleansed from mm. a sinner. They were just pointing to the true Lamb of God. Mm. So until Jesus came, and um, it was interesting, we were talking last week um, about that concept. Oh, I can't, I can't pay your penalty. You can't pay my penalty. Um, and yeah. I was actually reading. I think it was in the book of Hebrews um, this week, and it talks about the priest would bring a sacrifice, and it says, bring a sacrifice for the people and for himself. All right. Mm. So when the priest, when the high priest was coming, he would bring a sacrifice that was both for his sins mm. and the other people's sins. And um, that was the problem. The problem was he was a sinner. Yeah. And so anything that they did was symbolic because he couldn't really cleanse. You can't, you can't bring a sacrifice that cleanses your sin and other people's sin because you, you can only pay. And even then you, you can't fully pay for your own sin. Mm. Um, so, we needed the blood of a pure lamb of God, Jesus Christ, to come and do that for mm. us. Um, so we, we needed, we needed this, um, a, a sacrifice that would happen. And the other thing about the, the sacrificial system was that they, they would have once a year, they'd have um, the great special day where they would bring a sacrifice to the Lord and the high priest would would you know, bring the, mm, the blood and, yeah. and it would be all be a special day. But you know what? Everybody would say after that sacrifice, it'd be a big day. Everyone would gather and the high priest would come and the sacrifice would be offered mm. and we'd be going, praise God, we are cleansed. Praise God, we are free. And I'd turn to you, Josh, and I'd, you know, and I'd be on, you know, and say, that's high five. We'd say high five and we say, see you next, next year. year. <laughs> all right. Every time we say, see you next year. And that, that was the demonstration that it, it never actually did. It wasn't mm. final. It was it was just covering us for another year. Mm. So every is, Israelite had that phrase, you know, see you next year, which was like, uh oh, that's a problem. Mm. And I remember when I was studying the the um the old tabernacle many years ago, I was doing a Bible study and part of it was I had to look at all the different furniture in the in the old tabernacle and the different places of sacrifice and what they represented and, and what they, you know, pointed to. And I looked around and I said, oh, it's really nice. They've got like little deck chairs all on the outside because it was like a 3D model and there was a picture of them. And I'm looking and I thought, oh, there's deck chairs all around. And I'm like, of course, they're not deck chairs. What a new, you know, they're not going to be deck chairs. They're a little, um, <laughs> that's they're deck chairs. <laughs> yeah, like, that's pretty nice. You know, it's like a little park area. That's, that's really good. No, no, no. They're, they're little tables. God, God really thought of everything. Yeah, yeah, you know, this is weird. Yeah, you know, then, you know, sort of a little pool over here. No, 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 that's a. This was not. This was not a resort. This is um, a workplace, and um, and those those were not deck chairs. They were benches for the preparation of these sacrifices, yeah. and that's where the sacrifices were prepared. Um, but it was actually theologically incorrect, not just stupid. All right, not just foolish. It was actually theologically incorrect because there was one thing that was never in any the temple or the Old Testament tabernacle, and that was a chair. All right, there's mm. no chairs because the priest's work was never done. Ah. All right, there was no there was no sitting where you're done and you can go and rest. No relaxing, yeah. no saying it's done. And yet on the cross, it is finished. And Jesus says, "We're going to um, in the book of Hebrews, it's we now enter the rest. Mm. It's a very oh, different wow. mode that we're in. 
There was no rest. That's amazing. It was perpetual, right? So now what we need, what I want us to do is now study this. And you think, oh, that's interesting, you know, to, you know, because it'll help us understand the Jews. It'll help us understand the Israelites, understand what they did. But there's way more reason why we need to understand this. The, the main reason is the, the concept that can filter in, um, and we talked about this last week. Um, actually, see if I can go back. Oh, yeah, this concept here, um, Old Covenant, New Covenant, you know, Covenant 1, Covenant 2. Mm. And, um, you know, cause it, and, and I was looking at the scriptures even this morning, See if I can just find it. We won't pull it up on the screen, but um, this sort of talk in oh, let's call it up. Why not? Why not? If we, if we can look at it with our eyes, um, verse eighteen, for instance, Hebrew ten eighteen is an example of this type of talk. It says, "Now where there is forgiveness." Hebrews 9.18. Like, that doesn't match at all. Okay. Therefore, even the first covenant was not inaugurated without blood. First covenant. The mm. first. And, and, and the word covenant's not even, even in the Greek. They just use that as a, um, uh, you know, they know it means covenant yeah. because it's referring to the first. So they put the word covenant in there just to make it clear to people. Mm. So they even thought the first. They call the the law, the first covenant. First covenant. And so people can get in their mind that was there was one covenant and then there was a second covenant, the first covenant and the second covenant. Um, and we know that, um, so that can give this sort of thinking, the first covenant led to a second covenant, why not a third covenant? Mm. Well, we understand this is, you need to understand that was not the first of any covenant. It was the first of the two covenants. That was only the first when you look in that window. That's important. We're not sort of, there were other covenants. And like we said, the second covenant even had established with covenants with covenant with Abraham. That was not the first covenant. Mm. So the first covenant was given 430 years after. Yeah. So you can say, well, how can, you have the, how can the first covenant be 430 yeah. years after another covenant if it's, if it's the first? The first. But it gives this sense of, um, I've done the first. One, two, they're both the same size, mm. they both move. And then, you know, why, why not a, a possible third covenant? Because this diagram lends this understanding, you know, you've got version 1.0, this is version 2.0, um, it's just an update, mm. it's an increase, it's a change. Yeah. Um, you could even say things like, uh, uh, let's, um, you know, you, you, let, let's, you know and, and I'd love to get any... Um, um, Feedback, any people here, Brooke, you know, you and anyone online, an example of this. I'm going to give one. Okay, so we went with the horse and then we went with the to the car. Yeah. All right, modes of transportation. The first mode of transportation we're talking about now, you can say, oh, there's walking and there's a bicycle. And I say, ah, we're doing the same thing first to the second, one to two. Do you know what I mean? Out of the two, the first, it went from a horse and it, we upgraded to a car. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And that was slow and this is now oh, this is fast you know um you know this can go minimum little distance this one you can carry you know multiple people you know all the rest all the benefits can anyone else got an example of something that has we've changed from one to the other um it can be small you know we um i went from okay i went from my flip phone to a smartphone I saw someone with a flip phone the other day, and I'm like, 
What? They, those things still work? Yeah. <laughs> and you still have one? Well, I, I heard someone say the reason they want flip phones to come back is they want to be able at the end of a conversation, they go, clip. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know that, that sense of satisfaction, conversation over, <laughs> clip. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Um, and and you, it's hard to do with an iPhone. You know? <laughs> but there's, that, there's something satisfying about clipping it shut. And, and, and yeah, it's a real hang-up, you know, and... Um, so, yeah, a flip phone to the new model, which mm. is the, the smartphone. So mm. Okay, mm. so, yeah, well, let's do another one here. Um, candles to electricity, electric light. Um, what have we got online? Uh, a desktop to the laptop. Okay, that's good. Let's, I'm going to need more space here. Okay, so you've got the, a desktop. PC to the laptop. How many can remember? I remember the first laptops. Well, they weren't called laptops; they were portable computers. I, I actually um, was—I used to work in IT, mm. so that was you know um, the first ones. And I remember they were like a—they um, reminded me of a little portable sewing machine, like a little box with a handle at the top, and they that the the engineers would carry them around and plonk them down, and, and the screen would come down. It was just—they were bulky and heavy. You couldn't really sit them on your lap, but they were portable. Um, yeah, so desktop through to laptop. You know, so these we've gone from one to the other, and um, it's significant better. Now, this one's significantly better in in some areas. Do you know what I mean? Um, it, it's better because it's portable. It's better because I can use it in more places. I can shut mm. the screen and pick it up and walk away. You know, um, so we this could. Follow because you know of the new covenant because that's also described as better. You know we mm. um, we can go back to the other. Um, you know the, the 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 smartphone is better. The ho- the car is better. Electric lights are better. Oral to print. So just speaking to being able to, I and in terms of communicating and and, and yeah. I share something and now we print. Mm. Wow, how much better is that? You know, multiple copies. This, you know, it lasts. Well, it, it means that it goes. I, I can be reading things that was, you know, someone who spoke them. It's gone, but I'm reading things that the, were printed the, the, 500 years the ago. Spoken word is now lasting. Yeah, it and can it, be lasting. It, yeah. It's lasting. It's repeated. You know, it's repeated in, in a fixed form. It can go wider. So it's great. It's one to the other. It's, so we can say it's better. It's better. It's better. And um, one of the issues is that um, this, whilst this one's better, this one can still have some good features. Mm. What are some of the things that you miss about the old flip, <laughs> being able to flip that phone? Um, you know, the, the smallness and the portability of it. You know, yeah. you can, you know, they can, you can throw it in your, you know, women. women. You can throw them in your handbag, you know what I mean? It's just a guy, you can just pop it in your pocket. Whereas, you know, my, my, um, my phone at the moment, it's in my pocket, but it doesn't fit in my pocket in the jeans. It's sort of, you know, it's, it's too big for the, the jeans. The, uh, the phones are getting bigger and the tablets are getting smaller to the phone. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, the flip phone had benefits. Um, I like the smallness. I like the portability. I like, sometimes I like the fact that I'm not mm. got access to the world everywhere. Mm. You know, it's a, more, it's a simpler yeah. world. You know, it's a... Um, oral print print has all its benefits, but there's something about being able to hear a person, get the get the 
inflection of their voice, mm. get the, 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 the passion of yeah, what they're, they're sharing. The desktop versus the laptop. You know, yeah, I love the portability, but, you know, there's something about when you go there, everything's there already. It's all laid out. You have a bigger screen. Mm. <laughs> you know, you can, you know, if you're playing games, you can, you know, put a lot more powerful chips in a, a desktop than, you know, a laptop. So, you know, it's good, some of those things there. Mm. Every one of these things that we go back to, um, you know, the horse, yeah, well, you know, like a car's nice, but a horse, can you can sort of, you know, go through trails and you can, you know, off-road. Um, you can go off-road a lot easier. You can do, you know, it become, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an animal that you can have response to, mm. you know what I mean? If you fall off out of the car, the car just sits there. Horse not, might nudge you or, you know, try and, <laughs> it's a living creature, do you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, we got a question. With the, um, what you were saying with something like this flip phone, how the simplicity of it and how, you know, with a flip phone, it's not that hard to understand all its features. Whereas with an iPhone, even I don't understand all that it's capable of. Do you think that's why sometimes people do go almost to the old covenant? Because sometimes it's easier to know the rules versus the new covenant can be a, oh, it's too tricky. I'll go back to what I can sort of understand yeah. in that way. I think that's exactly right. That's where we're leading with this is um, if we have this mentality of one version two, one of the problems is when you put the old covenant in that mindset and it's the old through the new, there's a sense, well, but can we go back and get some of the features of the old? Are there some features of the old which are um, actually not too bad? You know, mm. I miss that. I miss that. I miss the simplicity of this, the smartphone, uh, you know, the, the flip phone. I miss the fellowship of a horse and the niceness that, you know, there's an animal there. Mm. I miss the, the power of a desktop. I miss some of these features. I miss the the communication styles of the oral when we're going to print. So it's like, yeah, I, I, you know, th- this is the new and this is the better, but is there some things in here that I would like to go, you know, we can buy? Can we maybe, here's an idea, do a bit of a blend, like mainly new with a little bit of the old? Is that a possibility? Um, because hey, I can I, I can have five cars and one horse. Mm. I can Good, yes. I can now buy a smartphone that actually looks like a flip phone because you know, they do have them. You know, mm. Samsung now have a yeah. flip phone version of the yeah. You know, that so I get that um, a, a a laptop that um, has a um, what do they call it? You know, like a, a hub sort of thing, where you, a, a station, a docking station. Mm. So I can plug it in, and it can be sort of like it becomes like a thing. You know, all these things. Um, and now I can record my oral, and when I'm listening, I can actually hit a button and hear it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? The, the nowadays, nowadays, yeah. so I'm, I'm able to blend all these things, get the best. How about this phrase? The best of both worlds. Both worlds. Why not? Um, and that's where we're coming to today. Um, the best of both worlds, um, because that's what Christians do. Mm. That's what Paul was dealing with. In um, there was two two particular books that he wrote that were very focused on this. Um, Book of Romans also covered it, but in the Book of Galatians, he was dealing with a people that were being pressured to go back and to blend them, 
and he was dealing in the book um, when the writer was bringing Paul's message to the, the people at he, um, the book of Hebrews who were making a very definite choice to listen let's can we get back under the old system and not be under the pressure that we're under because this is a you know it because best of both worlds what they were also facing is pressure there's a lot of heat on here mm. um, a lot of persecution came with this new world mm. you know Paul said if I st- if I stop preaching the cross the pressure would go away if I didn't if I wasn't talking this way the pressure would lift yeah. and so there's a sense well well hang on a sec best of both worlds we can get the best of them both and hey let's we can get rid of the pressure if mm. we just sort of ease back over here. And that's what the, the Hebrews, the book of Hebrews is, let's just lift the pressure mm. by doing these things. So two reasons we can, um, we can lean back is, first of all, there's some of the features of the old which we like and, and seem to work very well. Yeah. So let's go back to them. Why would we not go back to that which works, that which is comfortable, mm. which is more helpful to us? And secondly, hey, you know, this, this other way can get a bit, um, bit weird, a bit strange, a bit, you know, a bit fresher. Mm. Well, let's, let's go back to a way that everyone's more comfortable with and, and, and doesn't create as much conflict. So those two things are the reason we need to actually come back here and understand what is this that was put in place? Because if you don't fully understand it, you can do. T- you can begin to lean back and take bits of it and say, "Well, that was pretty good. God put it in place." Mm. I still remember the conversation I had with a pastor. All right, this was a, a Pentecostal pastor, a faith pastor, not from our church, but a, you know, pastor. I was at a, a meeting with other pastors, and he told me he said, "We're preaching. We're going to. You know, our preaching guy aim is we're going to preach through the Ten Commandments." Because there's so much good moral truth in them, mm. we're gonna, you know, get people to lean back and you know understand that. And I, I gave him this. All the best with that handshake. I'm like, <laughs> you gotta be joking. <laughs> that's that's let's let's see if we can get some of the best of the old and mix it with the new. <laughs> and you're saying, uh, and and so, Pastor, are you saying the old covenant, you know, the Ten Commandments is bad? You got to wait now to see what I say. All right, you got to wait. There's, there's a few on there that are good. You know? Yeah, come on. You, 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 you're saying the Ten Commandments are bad. You're saying the Ten Commandments are evil. You're saying this pastor was a fool to yeah. try and live by the Ten Commandments. Um, well, you've got to now work through this with me because see, see, it does sound reasonable. Mm. It does sound. Yeah. It does sound like wise. It does sound yeah, something that is good. Yeah. Um, but if we do not understand what it's for, we could go back and try and use it and misuse it and end up um, in, a, in a really bad space. Mm. Um, so well, let's just sort of look at, um, you know, what I'm saying in terms of the warnings that I'm just given here. Um, if we go to the book of Galatians, um Galatians chapter 4. All right, let's just look at this. Paul talked about the two um, 
the two covenants, the old and the new. When we say old, we are referring to the covenant as given by Moses, which is also known as the law. Mm. So when we say the law, that is the old covenant. Mm. The old covenant was a system by which man could offer sacrifices and behave in a certain way which would bring the blessing of God and the forgiveness of their sins. Um, we understand that that forgiveness was just a covering, just a covering and we understand now that the blessing was only... Um, it, 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 you, you, anyway, we'll get it there. <laughs> it was limited what it could actually do, but that was the, that was, that was the plan. Mm. You could make yourself pleasing to God by living according to this law. And so Paul's trying to deal with the Galatians who are wrestling between these two things going back to the old. And he says, I want to give you an example, and the example goes back to Hagar and Sarah. Now, those not sure where, you know, or just need a bit of a refresh with Bible history, God gave a promise to Abraham, said, I'm going to bless you and your seed, and you're going to be multiple you know, blessings, you're going to come through to the ends of the earth. And, he, and Abraham said, that's really good, but Sarah, my wife, and I cannot have children. This is not an age problem because at this stage they're not too old to have children. Mm. It's just that she is barren and cannot have children. Mm. And it gets, you know, they're about um, 80 years of age and 70, I think, um, and they still can't have kids. And they've got to have this promise. And even Abraham's like confused. He says, God, you keep telling me I'm blessed and my, my, my next generation and the next generation, my seed's going to be blessed. He said, are you talking about just someone, the, the oldest person in my household who's you know, just one of the slaves? You know, God said, no, you are going to have a child. So in the end, Sarah comes to Abraham and says, listen, it's just I'm not, not able to give you a child. I've got a plan. I've got a, a servant, a handmaid called Hagar. She says, why don't you just sleep with her, get her pregnant, and the child you have will at least be, a, you know, we'll have at least an heir in the house. Mm. And so it's, Abraham's like, all right, we'll do it. Um, turned out to be not a good idea. It's, you know, funnily enough, when you take the matters into your own hand, come up with your own plan and do it your own way, it doesn't end well. No. Who would have thought? And um, so, so they, they did it their own way. And Hagar had a child whose name was Ishmael. Ishmael is, um, was, the, was the first of his, all his generations and, and his um, uh, his, I'm trying to think what the word is. His ancestors, all mm. his ancestors, are what we know as the Arab nations today, mm. and so that they came from Ishmael. So they were all from Abraham, but there was a split right there, and and um, he got to be about twelve, thirteen, I think it was, and um, God said to Abraham, "No, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is not the promise. The mm. promise is not through your, sir, your your handmaid, you know, your wife's handmaid." Promise was to you and Sarah. I'm going to change your name, Abraham, to Abraham, father of multitude. I'm changing Sarah's name to Sarai, from Sarah, S A R A, I'd Sarah. And she's going to be the mother of the princes, and, 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 and royalty is going to come from her. And suddenly they had a child. And it was a faith child, it was the mm. child of promise. Yeah. This young child starts to grow up, but he's got an older brother called Ishmael. And it said Ishmael began to tease and, you know, sort of make fun of the, the younger child. Hagar started to strut her stuff and say, you know, I've I got the boy, I've got the mm. older, you know, I've got the older child. And um, the, um, Abraham, she came to Abraham and said, get rid of her. And so Abraham told Hagar, you need to leave. And with you and the child, I need to kick you out. You know what I mean? Um, and then Paul picks up on this concept. He says, you know, Hagar represents 
the, the law, and Sarah represents the new covenant. Mm. So tell me, you who want to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the bondwoman and one by the free woman. But the son of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and the son of the free woman through the promise. This is allegorically speaking, for these women are two covenants, one proceeding from Mount Sinai bearing children who are to be the slaves. She is Hagar. Now this is Hagar is now this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem from above is free. She is our mother, for it is written, Rejoice, barren woman who does not bear, bear break forth and shout. So it's interesting that very scripture that we often take mm. as Isaiah is an example of the, the new covenant. Um, and so Galatians 4.20, And you, brethren, like Isaac, are children of promise. Mm. But as at the time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. So it, was, it is now also. But what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be an heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of a bondwoman, but of the free woman. In other words, you cannot try and have these things working interlaced. Mm, yeah. You cannot try and make them. So you cannot try and get the best of both worlds. Mm. You cannot try and have the same as that. The, these had to be separated. You must make a clear separation between the new covenant and the old covenant. You cannot try and blend these two together. Mm. It's dangerous. It's wrong. It's not the way God works. Because that, that, that's you doing it. I, I do these things and I will be blessed. But yeah. that's, this is totally different in the new covenant. Exactly. It's, it's um, a very different covenant. That's, that's why when we, we look at here and we, we, we look at this old, um, um, you know, this is why I was trying to say, you know, desktop to laptop, um, even candle to to electric light, they're similar. Mm. You know what I mean? They're, they're similar. They provide light and they provide light. Mm. It's just how they do it. What we need to understand is this covenant in the middle is not like that. It is a very different beast. And if we try and treat it like that, and if we if we actually secretly think it's actually got some pretty good features, you know, like, you know, you know, when you get the new phone and go, I really miss this feature. Mm. You know, that's, that's when the, the, the creator goes, the, the engineers and the creators go, Oh no, we, we've sort of added something that people don't really want. Mm. And, um, and then you can do like Apple do if anyone's a you know, fan of Apple computers, they have brought back features that they got rid of about six, seven years ago and pretended like, Oh, we've got this amazing idea. We'll put this thing. Like, you dumped that six or seven years ago and you just got people hated you for it for the last six years. I said, why, where, why don't we have that power connection still? Why don't we have that power connection? So they pretend like new feature back to what we had six years ago. Um, you know, so they, you know, we took that away. We'll put it back again. Everyone, thank God. And they said that feature we gave you and that no one's been using, uh, we're not using it anymore. And um, so there is, you know, people get new stuff. They don't always like it mm. and they like to go back to the old. And so does God sit up in heaven? Genuine question. And he say, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to create not a three, and we're going to create a 2.5. We're going to blend a bit of the one with the two and get the best of both worlds. You know, can't we sort of mix a bit? And so that, that thinking is actually terrible. It cannot happen, and you need to know why. Now, the reason why you need to know why is that um, – there's constantly a pressure in us to go and sort of grab some of it. Mm. 
and make a bit of a mixture. Mm. Without realising it, we can lean into those things or we can make suggestions mm. or it can come through our conversation, which actually says what we're doing is, oh, that's not so bad after all. Can mm. we try this? Can we add this? And we try. And even though we say, well, I'm a new covenant believer and I live according to the new covenant, we have brought in some of the, the understanding of the old covenant. Mm. And it, it, but it doesn't look bad because it's, it's scripture it's and it's, it's, it's from the Bible and yeah. God said it. And, and I can go back and I can find, um, I can find men of God that acted according mm. to it. And so it's sort of like, Oh, it, it gives me, um, it, it gives me a lot of confidence because it's coming from the same place that I'm getting the teaching in the mm. book, you know, Galatians and Ephesians and Philippians and things like that. So, um, so what we need to do is be very clear, understand Understand um, understand what this is and have a really clear picture of what it can do and can't do mm. so that we aren't in any time tempted to go back or we recognize when it's, ah, that's old covenant thinking. Mm. That's old covenant way. And um, so what I'm going to do that's is good. I have made a list um, that I just over years um, – and I'm going, to, I'm going to take it from Romans chapter 7 that says that um, all the things that we understand about the law, I've just you know, different, different things. So um, it means we'll be jumping around a little bit, reading a few passages. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to go with me. You need to possibly take notes and so you can think this through and, 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 and you know, get your head around it. But I'm just going to work through this list and see where, where it goes. But we need to understand um, the difference between the law. So these are um, actually I don't know I haven't I haven't numbered them. I've just got a list. We'll just work through. Um, so first of all, let's go to Romans chapter seven. Uh, but this this is exactly what it's about: being able to take the time to dive in and get it all out and and, and do it well. Exactly. That that's the thing. If if I otherwise I just can give you the highlights and. Um, and we can jump there, you know, and I, you can hear, for instance, that what I've shared so far would be like a sermon, a, a preaching, mm. and you say amen, and then you walk away, but I need to go through it and explain yeah. why I've been able to say those things you, you about can, the Old Testament. You can get a revelation of a concept or something, yeah. but now you can get dive in and get like deep dive, get deeper revelation and deeper understanding. Because when you fully, uh, when you have a deeper understanding of something, you'll also have like a, a deeper appreciation of it and, and how it works yeah. and how it'll work for me. And so, yeah. My, my aim is that you will be able to recognize it when it's trying to sneak in through mm, a back door. Yeah. All right. When it comes in so as good. a virtue and you go, ah, that's not a virtue. That's, that's the, that's old covenant thinking trying to come in under a new covenant yeah. sort of uh, banner. That's good. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Jump on that. Um, or And not just when people are trying to do it, but in your own mind mm. and when you're trying to handle things and do things in the same way. And um, I, I'll give you an example. Is Okay, Deuteronomy 28. Um, okay, we're, we're in Romans 7, but we're just, we're just going to flow. Deuteronomy 28, which is the blessings. Um, verse 3. And we, and we recognize that we have come into the blessing of Abraham and which this is an extension of mm. the blessing of Abraham. This is just a, this is in one sense just a description and an outworking of what it looks like to be blessed. Mm. And we we understand the gospel yeah. in the context of being blessed, and that and we shared that last week. 
from the book of Galatians um, that Paul said that he, the, um, the blessing was spoken to Abraham, which was the gospel, the good news, was shared through him through the understanding of the blessing. And so we come to Deuteronomy th- uh, 28, and it's a description of all the things that are blessed. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall you be in the offspring of your body and the produce. All these blessings, amazing blessings. But then it goes on to say, and um, verse 15 says, now here's the curses. Um, cursed shall you be in the city, curse, and all the curses. And that's good. We are, and we have come to understand that and see that through the light of Galatians and the fact that Jesus has became a curse for us. Mm. So all these things listed here, and it's interesting that the list of the blessings is um, up to verse 14, and the list of curses goes and goes and goes and goes. It's a lot longer list. It's just a really long list of all the curses and there's things that will not work and, and how it will not be good. And um, so all these curses will come on you and pursue and overtake you. So, But one of the things that when I'm experiencing something, if I recognize that it's in the curse, I say, well, hang on a sec, that's in the curse. Jesus took our curse. Mm. So I'm free from that. Yeah. And, I, and I can bring that to the, the work of the cross and say that, I, that, that area of my life that is, is having this reaction, that's actually a, a curse. Mm. Okay, That's well, and so I'm li- I'm taking this through Galatians, and through the filter of, of um of my understanding of that Jesus has become the curse, so that I can enter into the blessings of Abraham. So that's good. But at the very start, go back to the very start. That's a long way out. It says, "Now it shall, now it shall be if you diligently obey the Lord your God." Being careful to do all the, his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you. So it says these blessings come to us through our obedience to the law. Mm. And so it's like, oh, well, maybe obedience plays a role in getting the blessing. And does it or does it not? And that's where I start to get, I get a bit confused. Yeah. Now, you sort of say, ah, so what you're saying is anything that is to do with obedience to the law is going to be wrong and it's going to be part of the old covenant. But I've got to be careful because Jesus gave us commandments. Mm. This commandment I give to you, love one another. Is that, that's a commandment. Mm. So it's a different commandment. It's not the law commandment, but he gives us commandment. Paul said, you know, you, you should do these things. You need to do these things. Mm. You yeah. must do these things. Ah, so I, I start to get a little bit confused how these things enter in. How do I walk in the blessing? Is it through obedience through to the commandments or is it through what Jesus has done? And I'm, I'm starting, my, my, my understanding starts to get a little bit gray and, yeah. and mixed. And the, if I read these verses, I can say, well, listen, I just can't be, I just can't do whatever I want and be blessed. Well, that sounds good. And that's true. Mm. Um, how does that match with the new covenant requirements and the old covenant? So we need to really understand how the new, the old covenant worked mm. so that when we come to the new covenant, we, we, we clear to leave the old covenant behind, but embrace everything that's part of the new covenant. All right. But it's, um, so let's look at some of the things about this new covenant um, from Romans chapter seven. Um, starts here. 
Do you not know, brethren, for I am speaking to those who know the law, understand how the law works, that the law has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives. So first of all, what Paul wanted to establish in their understanding is, um, are we sure that the law has finished and not has doesn't have a um, an ongoing overlap? Mm, yeah. All right. So you know, we um, you know, could could it, could it be like this? Here's the old. Oh, here's the old. Uh, I'll write actually law because that might make it easier for. Here's the law, and the law is working, and then along comes. The new covenant, right? Um, I, I might actually. I won't. I won't put a boundary on that. Let's just put it like that. Here comes the new covenant, and so we're living by this. But is there a chance that we that this the law hasn't stopped? Do we? Mm, do we yeah. still? Do we still? You know, sort of have a, an overlap over this time, mm. um, and that's what the teaching to the the people in Galatia was. It was like, hey. It's all very well. You can have the new covenant. Mm. Just don't neglect the old covenant. The, the, the law was good. Yeah, you know, and and to them the essential part was, I mean, the book of Galatians was you need to be circumcised. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, this is all very well, but if you're not circumcised, mm. you realize it doesn't count. You know, the, the new covenant's good, but it must be on the, it must stand on the shoulders of that which was gone before. Yeah. You know, I mean? <laughs> you know, Moses was amazing, and we must take what Mo- God gave to to Abraham through Moses and, and establish, you know, this this amazing thing called circumcision, which brought us into the new the end the, the, the covenant. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't mind you preaching this new covenant, but as long as we understand, this is still here. Mm. So Romans seven verse one is the under, is how this um, Paul works. He says, if this is how a law and a covenant works, it works up until. The, um, a prescribed time, okay. Some, you know, when, when I say prescribed time, it's um, there are some covenants that you know went on, like um, put, uh, David made a covenant with Jonathan, and then Mephibosheth, his uh, Jonathan's son, was still a benefit of that covenant. So mm. they can go on, yeah. you know, the um, the Gibeonites that the covenant was four hundred years, mm. and it was still affecting the lives of the Israelites. So, but in this case, Paul says, I want to pick, take a picture for you, verse two of a, a married woman. A married woman is in covenant, but that covenant has an end point. And the end point is when? Till death do us part. Till death do us part. So the covenant is till death do us part. And when one person dies, it liberates the person who's still alive to remarry. And that's not committing adultery. That's not breaking that covenant. It's Mm. quite acceptable because one person has died. Mm. Okay. So um, question to you, Josh, are you still alive? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's vote. All right. So we have the old, we, we, we have just discovered the law is until death. Um, oh. so Josh is alive. There's Josh again. And here's how Paul said, this is the amazing thing that's happened. Someone came. And it's Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He died. He died for us. He died. Physically, literally mm. died for us. Mm. But he died. The law stopped its effect on Jesus. 
All right, it, it, it was finished. He fulfilled the law. Done. Um, Matthew. Matthew five, seventeen. Matthew five seventeen. Let's just show it up on the screen so we can. Matthew five seventeen. Oops. Do you not think that I came to abolish the law of prophets? I did not come to abolish, but to fulfil. That's so good. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm. I'm fulfilling it. I'm bringing yeah. it to its end. And that's like so when we go back into the 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 old law ourselves, it's yeah. like. Why are you doing what Jesus has already fulfilled, fulfilled yeah. done for you? Yeah, what, what, are, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Um, so now, when Josh believes in Jesus, 1 Corinthians, I'm just trying to think where the scripture is. 1 Corinthians 6, um, 17. Okay, so we'll show this because we're at a Bible school, so we can we can because you need to see these and say ah oh, this is the, the the actual rights for the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Mm. So by faith, when you connect with Jesus, yeah. you become one with him. Guess what that means? That by joining yourself by faith with Jesus, you join in His death. Mm. And if He's dead, the old covenant has no jurisdiction over you anymore. Wow, that's good. Okay, so now this is um, how do we, and then we demonstrate it by putting you in some water in a tub, putting you down and back up again <laughs> to say that your old life is gone mm. and you are now a brand new life in yeah. Jesus and that is demonstrating that I'm in Jesus, I've died. But that's really important mm. because it means the old covenant has no jurisdiction over you anymore. Wow. All right, so that's how it works. That's good. All right. Um, so let's go back and keep reading. So Romans 7. So verse 2. For the married woman is bound by law to her husband while he's living, but if her husband dies, she is released from the law. So this is from the woman's point of view. Okay, it's because we we like the bride of Christ, yeah. we're, we're we're the woman in this relationship. Um, she is released from the law concerning the husband. So then, if while a husband is living, she's joined to another man, she should be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she's free from the law, so she's not an adulteress, though she's joined to another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ, that you might be joined to one to to another to him who was raised from the dead that we might bear fruit for God. Okay, this is how it works. So I join. So I'm Josh is the, the, the wife. Jesus is the husband. Body. Jesus died. Oh, no, my husband's dead. That's fine. In that joint, you break the, the, the laws, mm. control over you. Yep. But then it has a second part. Jesus is, is resurrected. He's alive. Mm. Your connection still with him now that he's alive. Yeah, yeah. So now you've got a brand new marriage. What it's done is it's broken your marriage to the law. That's been broken. And you've got a brand new marriage to Jesus. Mm. So legally it's that's why they could do this. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, how does this how do you just not how do you just make a covenant stop? 
you can't just make a covenant stop. God had, he had a plan. Yeah. He had a plan. He had a plan how this all was going to work. And he said, now, when you come in this marriage, he said, um, in this, now over in, in this side, what happens in a, in a marriage? Any marriage, the idea is to bear fruit. Mm. You, you have children. You, you, something comes out of that marriage. So out of the marriage of law and you, there was fruit. But out of the marriage between you and Jesus, it also intends for there to come fruit. Something, something has to come out of this mm. relationship. Yeah. Um, who was raised from the dead that we might bear fruit for God. Okay, just let this sink in. Understand this. Bear fruit for God. Um, things are going to come out of your life mm. as a as a as a, ref, a reflection of the relationship between you and God. He wants He wants us to be bearing fruit. Yeah. We sh- with our relationship and connection with God, we should now be bearing fruit. That's right. And remember that Isaiah, hey barren woman, yeah. you who had no children, yeah, now you're going to have more children. Mm. Now you're going to have a multitude of yes. children. Okay, with me and Jesus, we're going to be super abundantly fruitful. Mm, we're going to have oh, a lot so of good. fruit. We're going to produce a lot of fruit. Now, the danger is, you say, yeah, I know how to get fruit. I know how to get fruit. I know how to get fruit. I, rang back, I run back to my old husband. <laughs> I run back to the old husband. Bit awkward now. Yeah, it's a bit awkward because I do the right thing. I live the right way mm. and I get good things happening mm. and I get, look, God, I'm a good person now. Do you know what I mean? What have we done? We just, that's really good. But I've got an old husband. <laughs> I've got two husbands. Yeah. This one, I'm, you know, I'm not divorced from them because that would be wrong. Mm. I'm actually dead to them. Mm. That's how it worked. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, all, it's, all, it's all, all legal, but they're still there. Mm. And um, verse 5, while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by law were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit for death. Oh, no. He's saying that the fruit that comes out of this relationship is actually a death fruit. Mm. This relationship has a death fruit connected with it. Mm. How could that be? How could that work? You know, death fruit. Well, it's all by my own effort and it's all by my own pride and it's all by my... um, If you want to see the results of that type of relationship, think of the Pharisee. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were the ultimate fruit bearing of that concept. You know, like, look at this, look how good we are. I'm so proud. And yeah. I look down on everybody else and I'm so judgmental and I'm so tough. It's just not working. Yeah. All right. Um, but now we've been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound, so that we now, so we serve in newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the oldness. There. Okay. So what shall we say then? What, what does all this mean, Josh? <laughs> what, what, you know, because you're talking to people that, okay, to you, for me to diss the law to you is not that big, big a thing. Mm. You know, you're not, you're not actually, you, you haven't had a, a big emotional attachment to the law. Mm. But you think of someone like Paul. Yeah. Paul's like, this was my life. Mm. This was my identity. This was who I am. This was what separated us from the, the Gentiles. This was who we are. We are the people that are circumcised, and we're circumcised because it's commanded in the, you know, in the law, and we are obedient to the law. This is who we are, mm. and you are telling me that I'm dead to it, and I should. And it's a, you know, what shall we say? <laughs> what are you talking about? 
Is that law bad? Are you saying the law is sinful? Are you? This, hold talk. on. Crazy talk. Well, he says, no, 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 may it never be. On the contrary, I would not have come to know what sin was except through the law. Mm. I'm not saying the law is bad. God gave us the law. For I would not known about the coveting if the law had not said, you shall not covet. But sin taking opportunity through the commandment produced in me coveting of every kind. For apart from the law, sin is dead. Mm. Sin doesn't, doesn't come alive. Um, you know, and, and Paul takes this type, when I was alive, Apart from the law, when the commandment came, sin became alive and I died. Mm. Um, so this commandment, which was to result in life, proved to result in death for me. For sin taking opportunity through the commandment deceived me and through it killed me. So then the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Um, this is important. Paul says the law is not the problem. Um This thing here is not a problem. Mm. It wasn't removed because it was evil. It wasn't removed because of that. God set it up. Mm. God established yeah. it. And the danger is, that, oh, well, it's got good features then. It must be good. Mm. Yeah. But the danger is I get drawn to it. He was not a bad husband after all. <laughs> he wasn't such a bad husband. God gave me. It was a God-blessed thing, you know. Yeah. And I think I'll just go back to that husband because he's not so bad after all. And and this one, this this new husband is a bit crazy. The neighbors think he's, you know, I'm getting heaps of trouble from all my family saying, "What are you doing with this new guy?" I like the old husband. He was a nice husband. He was so secure, and he gave you he gave you security. This new one, I'm not so sure about, you know. Um, you know, like, go back, go back, go back. Uh, and he was a nice guy. So Paul says it's not a nice guy or not a nice guy. It's not mm. whether it's right or wrong. Don't get that in your thinking because yeah. otherwise we're not arguing whether it was good or not. Of course it was good. Yeah. But it was good for its time and purpose. He mm. said, now you need to understand what it was for because otherwise you try and use it for something that is now and this is different. Um, um, let's just keep moving. There's a lot, we could take a little bit sideways here, but let's keep moving here. Um, did I read verse 13? Therefore, did that which is good become a cause of death to me? May it never be. Rather, it was sin in order that it might be shown to be sin by affecting my death through which it, that which is good, that through the commandment of sin might become utterly sinful. Sin um, might become utterly sinful. Um, Sin is sin, but we don't know about sin and we don't understand sin. We don't understand how much it's, it, it's, it's got a hold of me mm. until it's exposed. Yeah. Um, let's just look at a couple of scriptures here, I think. Um, I think it's in chapter 3, verse 19. So Romans three nineteen. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law 
that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable, become accountable to God. Um, no, that's not what... Um, let's go to First Timothy. Okay, let's look at verse 6. He says, okay, well, actually, let's take a time. We're in Bible school. We can do this. We can okay, do Paul, an apostle, is writing to Timothy. Everyone knows Timothy. Timothy now is the pastor of the church at Ephesus. So this is he's actually the pastor. He's leading the church of Ephesus. Um, to Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, Christ Jesus our Lord. He says, as I urged you upon my departure from Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus, so you stay here. Timothy, mm. oh, I'll come with you. No, you won't. You'll stay here. Young, you know, young Timothy, stay here in order you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines. Mm. Now so why is Timothy there? He's got to stop people saying strange mm. and wrong things. Um, he said, I don't want them to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. But you know, the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart, a good conscience and sincere faith. So some men, straying from these things, have turned aside to fruitless discussions. They want to be the teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they're making confident assertions. Mm. In other words, they want to be, let me teach the law. Mm. Said, but they've got no idea what they are talking yeah. about. He said, we know the law is good if one uses it lawfully. It's good if you use it according to what it was intended for. Mm. Okay, let's understand what it is for, what it's not for, he said, because that's where they're going to get in all sorts of problems. Okay, realizing the fact the law is not made for a righteous man. Now, you're in Jesus. What have you received? Righteousness. You're his righteousness. It's not made for you. Mm. It's not my own. It's not yours now. You're married to Jesus. He's given you his righteousness. Mm. The law is not made for you. It's made for who? Well, for those who are lawless, those who are without and rebellious, mm. for the ungodly, the sinners, for the unholy. The, do, I, do you get the idea who yeah. it's for? You know, I love this list. The lawless <laughs> and the rebellious, the ungodly, the sinners, the unholy, the profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers. Whoa, whoa, okay. Now, I want you to just see if you can recognize in this, there's a certain group of commandments. There's a clue for you. Maybe 10 of them. <laughs> And they say things like, you shall not kill, you shall not murder, mm. you shall not do this, you shall not do this. You see, he's gone from very general, rebellious, ungodly, sinners, unholy, profane. For those who kill their fathers or mothers, well, for murderers, um, isn't there a, a law about honouring your father and your mother? It's not mm. just kill anybody. It's Instead of honouring them, you're doing the opposite. Yeah. For murderers, don't murder. Immoral men. Homosexuals, kidnappers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching. What you can do is you can actually take each of those, and I've gone through there. And I'm not going to do this, but you can take. You can do this. Um, you can you can connect them to the um, the Ten Commandments. The different commandments are listed in there. Um, I've list. I found six commandments: six, seven, eight. Oh, sorry, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. So it is too difficult. Representative of the, mm. all right? Um, 
whatever else is contrary to sound teaching. In, in other words, I'm not going to keep going through the list. You get the point, yeah. he's saying. Everything that, everything that the Ten Commandments told you not to do, that's, it's for those people. Mm. According to the glorious gospel of blessed God, which, which we have been entrusted. Um, Paul said that the, the law was for these people, not for the good people, for the bad people. Mm. Why? To expose them. Remember he said, yeah. um, I wouldn't know what it meant to covet until mm. the Lord said don't covet. Yeah. And so what it does is it says something I'm doing, it now tells me don't do, and I say, well, um, okay, I won't. And then I find I can't stop doing it. Yeah. It, it, op- it awakens in me desires that I didn't even know I, I couldn't. You know, like, okay, you say, well, have you done all these things? No, I have not killed my mother and father. Um, praise God, mm. I can look at camera in the eye and I have not, you know. Some people, you protest too much, you know. I mean, like, <laughs> and I did not bury them and, then, uh, <laughs> and he didn't help me, you know. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, yeah, there's, there's certain things I, I, can, I can say I've maintained that and mm. I've done that, do you know what yeah. I mean? But can you say you've never coveted? Oh, now I'm in real trouble. Now I'm in real trouble. Okay, now I'm in big trouble because yeah. coveting is a hard That's attitude. A hard attitude, yeah. And can I say I've never coveted? No. And then I say, okay, and, I, and I've done this, you know, like, okay, well, I, I, tomorrow I will not covet. And how many know when sometimes it, it, you, you, you make this effort and then it this creeps around, yeah. do you know what I mean? Um, and, I, and things that you think you've dealt with. Mm. Just sneak around pride. Mm. You know, I, I wish I could say I have dealt with pride. I have dealt with it, but I have to keep dealing. It's not. It's yeah. not. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's not something. Um, so good. You know, I, I was, you know, marking doing something in my Bible today, and it's like you know, um, and it was a page in the Bible that had a whole lot of marks on it, and, I'm like, and I just just something just felt good. Do you know what I mean? It was this. Lord, what's that? Lord, you know, Lord, what's that? Yeah. Nothing? Nothing? What are, you, what are you thinking about just now? Yeah, nothing. But you know what? There was part of me mm. that was like, look at me. Look at, look at all the time that I've put into cultivating a relationship and understanding and knowing the word. Yeah, look at me. Look at me. And I'm pretty good. And um, it was just there. And I was like, ah. Oh. And, and then I remembered something. And I remembered it clearly. And I thought, oh, man, this is... When I was a teenager and I first got um, the Bible like this and I was, mark, you know, doing it all up, and I, and, I was, and I was talking to a preacher and who was saying something about, you know, we should study the Bible. I said, oh, yeah, I study the Bible. I love the Bible. And look, look. And, and I said, yeah, look. And I, and I was trying to show him a page where I'd done, you know, all this Bible study. And do you think I could find a page that had every page I turned to was clean? <laughs> you know, and you only got about a few pages before they, they like, all right, and they turn on. And i like, there's a lot in there. I'm, I know there's I know there's other pages, but I found every page I turned to was clean. I sort of felt like the angels, were like that one, and that one, and that one. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's, he's about to turn to one that he studied. Just stick the pages together. <laughs> um, but I could, I can remember that clearly, mm. and I was like, I wanted him to know yeah. and to see, and here I am. You know, forty years later. And same issue just mm. popped up again. Yeah. But if the Bible hadn't, 
come to me to prune me and to show me mm. this is wrong. This is not what you do. This is not, you know, this is pride. It, it exposes my pride and pride is wrong. I wouldn't know that that's a problem. Mm. The law and the, and, and the, the word actually exposes it. That's its job. That's what it's designed to mm. do. And it's not doing anything wrong, Yeah. but it's not made for a righteous person. Mm. Um, well, is it made to, okay, so it's not made to the person who is righteous. Mm. Is it made for someone who is a sinner and is it its job to make them righteous. Okay, so you know, can it can it do that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, and um, I'm not really sure where this is. I know it's in here. Let's just go to Hebrews. Let's see what we find there. Um, let's go to Hebrews eight. There's so much good stuff in Hebrews in this. Um, let's just go back to verse, chapter 7, verse 26. I just want you to hear Paul, um, or the writer to the Hebrews, um, copying me in what I said earlier. Right? <laughs> I just want you to see how they've managed to do this. For it is fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent. So talking about Jesus, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted by the heavens, who does not need daily, like those high priests, to offer up sacrifices first for his own sin mm. and then for the sins of the people, because this he did once for all when he offered up himself. Those high priests had to offer sacrifice for themselves yeah. and for the people. Jesus never did. Mm. The law the law appoints men as high priests who are weak, but the word of the oath, which came after the law, appoints a son made perfect forever. Um, the old covenant was operated by men who were sinful. Mm. Sinful men can't clean, cleanse sinful yeah. men. That's right. Do you know what I mean? We, we, you know, it, I can't, I, I, if I give you anything, it's, it's my own, yeah. I, I just got my own problems. You know. um, so the old covenant based on the law was under the guidance of people who were to officiate it and do you know what tribe those people were that were to officiate the law and to, to, to operate all those sacrifices? The they were the Levites. So the Levites were the people. They were from Aaron. Mm. Moses was a Levite because mm. they're Aaron. And um, through that, that family, um, from Aaron's sons, came all the Levites. And from those Levites, um, they, they would officiate and make the law happen. Mm. But they couldn't never cleanse anybody because yeah. they're, they're sinful people. So God says, was that my plan to bring people into righteousness by that? Um, well, he said, you know what? It was never my plan. Mm. I had another plan. Mm. I had a plan to use a priest who was not sinful. Mm. And I'll tell you something else. Can you tell me what tribe Jesus came from? He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. 
Just for those who aren't sure, you've been singing it all your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? It makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. It makes sense. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. His son is his, his father, David, who was from Judah, mm. and he was of that line. He was the line of David, line of Judah. God said, you know, okay, so Judah. Um, in the law, who officiated and did all the sacrifices and made the system work? The Levites. Levites. Jesus is is from the tribe of Judah. Not. He, he he's not he's not he's not qualified mm. to do to to do anything in the um temple. Mm. He he's not allowed to bring a sacrifice. He's not allowed to do anything. He's not allowed to go into the holy of holies. He is is the wrong. It, the law doesn't doesn't qualify him. So it's like, okay, but he's a Jew. That's all we need. No, not with the law. In order to be cleansed by the law, mm. why wasn't Jesus born a Levite then? But what type of people were the Levites? The Levites were sinners like everyone else yeah. Yeah. who daily needed to cleanse their own sins. They were never doing it. God says, I didn't need a Levite because the Levites never made it work. Mm. The, Levites, the, Le- the Levites were over a system of deadness that could ne- not actually cleanse yeah. you. He said, I, I needed to make Jesus of another um, priesthood. Mm. I needed to oh, that's good. Um, do this. So how could he do this? How does he work? Josh, if he comes to us in our secret places, how does he work? He makes covenant. He makes covenant. Okay. That's so everything he does, he does by covenant. Okay. Covenants are based around oaths, the making, the making of declarations. Mm. And that's why we say with Abraham, he, made, he already made the oath. With Jeremiah, he's made the oath. Mm. And then he's brought that into effect with Jesus and the and the. And it must have the shedding of blood and all the rest. But in order to do something, he must speak an oath. He must make a declaration. So Jesus is coming, but he's going to be born of the tribe of Judah. But there's another priest spoken of in the Bible that met with Abraham, and Abraham actually offered him tithes. And that was Melchizedek. Melchizedek, Okay, he was... Abraham served Melchizedek and offered him tithes, this high priest. There's another priesthood mm. that is not of the Levitical priesthood in the Bible. It's a parallel priesthood sitting there called the Melchizedek priesthood. And so um, uh, um, start, let's look at Psalm 110, verse 4. Can God work outside of covenant? No, he would never work. Can, can he is not the point. He doesn't because mm. he's, that's how he works. He, that's, it, he's, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You, the Lord has sworn, note that, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Mm. Now, this was spoken in the terms of like David, but it was actually a prophetic word to David's seed, mm. giving him a priesthood mm. that was outside of the Levitical priesthood and therefore outside of the Mosaic law. Mm. He wasn't coming to cleanse us That's according so to the Mosaic law. Wow. He was cleansing us according to God's pattern. Now, in the Melchizedek priesthood, it was not a sinner coming to offer a Offer a son. It was a mm. high priest that was not offering his own 
sacrifice yeah. for him, you know. And so, um, so now we can go back to Hebrews eight verse one. Now, the main point of what has been said is this: we have such a high priest. We have a high priest, the Melchizedek high priest, mm. one who is without sin, who has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of the majesty. He's finished his mm. work. It is, it is done. A minister in the sanctuary and in the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched, not man. Um, it says, uh, not, okay, let's just here. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices, I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't even want to speak the words. Gifts and sacrifices. Hence, it is necessary that this high priest also have something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all. Oh, if he was on earth, so where was the temple that he was doing his sacrifice? He would not be a priest at all, since there are those who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. Just as Moses was warned by God when he was about to erect the tabernacle, he said, For see, you make all things according to the pattern which was shown you on the mountain. So all those, you know, when you read through the book of Numbers and, and in Leviticus, and it's giving all the instructions how to make this tabernacle. Mm. The reason that was being so exact and showing things is, is it's actually a model of something that's in the heavens. There is a real temple in the heavens mm. waiting for a final yeah. and real sacrifice who's going to be offered by a high priest, but not your high priest because you're, you're the Levites, so you've got sinners. Not down here because this is just a, a, a model. Mm. You know what I mean? Can, you know, have you ever been, you know, we went up to the Gold Coast and you go to some of the real estates and they have models of the towers that are going to be built. Mm. And they, you know... Um, True story. Me and Jordan went there once and put some. They had they had a a, um, a model right in the front, and it had like blue waters with them out in the ocean and stuff. So we went and got some little figurines and put them there, being eaten by sharks in the um, water. water. And um, anyway, they caught us. So <laughs> we'll just leave it there. Um, but it was funny. Funny why it lasted. <laughs> um, so they have a model, and they have this blue glass which mm. represents the ocean. Yeah. And they, you know, it's meant to be like this the sink. How stupid would it be for me to bring the family down with our bathers <laughs> and say we're going for a swim in the ocean? And, and we're like, where? There. Just a model. The little blue glass. <laughs> you know, we're going to, and we're going to stay in that room there. This little model. Um, no one stays in the models. Mm. The models are never meant to be common. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't actually have electricity. They don't have, they're not functioning buildings. They just look like the functioning, but they're not functioning. Mm. They show you water, but there's no water. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They show you what accommodation and fun looks like, but there's no fun and accommodation. The tabernacle was a living model based on the real mm. and true. Oh, wow. And um, so it had to function, but it, people say, yeah, but it, it it made it cleansed in. That'd be like me saying this model actually was where you swim. Mm. It's like it's, it's not real water. It's not real cleansing. It's not real sin um, forgiving. Yeah. It's not a functioning. It's not a functioning temple. It looks wow. like it is, but it's just a little working model. Yeah. It's a little. You know, we're just trying to show you what it's. I'm tr- because when you 
I want you to buy an apartment and I want you to get a feel for what it's really like. Mm. He said, I want you to get a feel for what is coming. I want you to see it and mm. understand it and why it's important and why it's necessary, but this is what it is. Um, so he said, you need to make this, but he said the real stuff's not going to, it's never going to happen down here because this is under a Levitical thing. This is just a sample. This is just a holding pattern until the real can happen. Mm. Um, so Jesus um, so it says, and that priest, he's under the order of Melchizedek, and he's not going to offer a sacrifice of some lamb or goat. Lambs and goats can't take away the sins. <laughs> that's what Paul says. Yeah. Can't really cleanse anything. That's, that's got to be, that's got to be something that's sinless, mm. and it's got to be equal to a man. It's not, that's so only the son of God could do that. And um, so, okay, Jesus does it all. And Josh says, you know what? There were some benefits in that model, though. <laughs> it, was, you know, it was a good model. It was, yeah. It was cool. I, could, I, could, I, I like the model. <laughs> I like to look at the model, you know. I could go back and let's go live in the model. Well, God's <laughs> like, what are you thinking? Yeah. That was never intended. It was not like, okay, it's like I make a mock phone for you. Yeah. Not a real phone. Not one that really, it is, this yeah. is what it'll look like. And then I give it to you. I was going, I really like the mock phone because it doesn't use any battery. Well, <laughs> That's because it's got no power. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. Yeah, that's good. But I can, I can, I can look after it and it feels good. And, you know, oh, that's, that's just a mock. Throw it out. You don't, you ne- you're never meant to, um, to use it. Um, so verse, eight, verse 6, and now he's obtained a more excellent ministry by as much as he is also the media of a better covenant, which has been acted on better promises. Mm. Now, so when we hear the word better, it's not like a, a mild improvement. That's what I'm, this is the whole point. Mm. Not to see better as a an an upgrade yeah. from you know one to this is not a better it's like better as in real to that which is yeah. shadows. For as the first covenant had been faultless, there'd been no occasion sought for the second. Mm. He said, "I didn't make the first one and say I think I can improve on this." He said, "I made the first one knowing it would never, it was never going to last. Mm. It wasn't." <laughs> um. For finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I'll effect a new covenant. And he says, I'm talking about the new covenant. We spoke about this last week, um, so I'll, I'll try not to speak to it again here. Um, when he said a new covenant, he's made the first obsolete, obsolete. But why has it been made obsolete? Not because he wants us not to go back to it, because he re- it, it's no longer necessary. Mm. It was just the model. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't need that anymore. The real one has been, yeah, yeah it's been actually, <laughs> it's finished. Oh, I want to show you what it's like to swim, Josh. Let's go back to the blue glass. We don't need the blue glass. There's a real ocean. There's a real swimming pool now. <laughs> I can, we can swim in the real pool. Oh, can I show you the blue glass? <laughs> Why? It's obsolete. It seems silly now, doesn't it? Yeah. Whatever is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to disappear. All right. Now, even the first covenant, verse one, let's go to chapter nine. Even the first covenant had regulations of divine worship and the earthly sanctuary. Um, what's the time? Okay, we'll, we'll make this our last sort of difference and understanding. And this, this is where the blend comes in, and this is where it's trying. Okay, there was stuff shown in the old, which is meant to be taken on in the new, mm. but do not go back to the old to do it. Don't go to the model, find out what it was modeling. See, is everything that we see in the model bad? No, it was it was pointed to things that were real. Mm, yeah. Okay, so you go back to Deuteronomy twenty eight, and it talks about the obedience that brings the blessing. That's modelled on something that's in the new covenant, but you, it's 
the model of me doing it in my own strength is not what it mm. is. But there's a picture of that in the new, which is Jesus and his righteousness and the blessing. Yeah. But there's also a, a picture of being obedient and everything else. Um, even in the first covenant had regulations of divine worship. Um, let's just look at that for a little bit. Um, um, I want to. I want us to look at this word for divine worship. Um, it's coming down to where I've got. I can grab the Hebrew. Oh, the sorry, the Greek. Um, ordinance of divine service. Here, latria. Um, it's worship but it's service for hire or as a slave, divine service. So it's divine service, divine worship. Which one is it? Divine service, it's a, it's a service. It's a, it, there's a servant sort of mentality. There's a slave in it, mm. but it's also translated as worship. Okay? I just want you to take a little bit of time to get your head around this because, um, all right, I'll, I'll show you why this is important. Um, Let's go to verse 6. Verse 6 says, Now these things have been thus prepared. The priests are continually entering the outer tabernacle and performing the divine worship. Now I want you to see worship slash service because the, the priests would serve in the temple, mm. but were they serving or were they worshipping? Think about it. Were they serving or were they worshipping? Yes, their service was an act of worship. Yeah. The worship was through their service. Mm, All right. Um, yeah, then it talks about a high priest only once a year um, for blood, which he offers for himself and for the sins of the people. Um, this is the way. Okay, I'm skipping a bit. Verse 11, when Christ appeared as the high priest. Okay, here's come. Through the he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, not that's not this creation. So he's gone into that that place, mm. and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood. He entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. That, that, that this one they they couldn't. There was no goat or. Sh- or lamb that could do this. So they just had to keep going over and over and over and over again. Mm. But Jesus only had to do it once. Mm. It was a different, it was that, that model was pointing to something that would be, get it right. Um, for if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling those who have been defiled, sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Do you see that? So in verse 14, serve. cleanse your conscience from dead works mm. to serve the living God. Let's just look at that. Um, book what translation have you got? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know whether you had one open already. Um, just reading along with us. Um, so, okay, let's, let's look. New, New English translation. 
um, offered himself without blemish to God, purify our consciences from dead works to worship mm. the living God. Mm. That's good. Okay, it's not exactly the same Greek word, but it's built on the same Greek yeah. word, right, from the other one. It's a, it's a noun form of it. Um, or to, I, I can't remember. I tried to sound clever there, but I know one's a noun, verb, and all the rest, but, and it's a, an adaptive. But it's not the same exactly, but it's built on the same family. Um, but do you see how some say some translations say serve and some say worship? Mm. Um, message, yeah. So the message is, think how much more the blood of Christ cleans up our whole lives inside and out. Um, thanks, message. Um, passion translation, worship and serve. <laughs> yeah, do the old... I'm not sure yeah. you choose, but, but it's sort of a combine. So even the good news serve. Okay, well, let's go new living. Christ offered himself to God as perfect sacrifice. Um, oh, ex- new living version. Um, I don't think I've got that. Okay, now you can work for the living God. Wow. So that, um, um, yeah, the living, actually, the, the original living Bible wants us to and makes us want to serve the living God. Mm. Um, can you see that there's, there's, there's a little bit of a, a, a trouble here trying to get this right? Um, even the Amplified says observances to serve the ever living God. It doesn't even put, even mm. the. Um, it's a word that means to serve, but it means to worship. Yeah. Um, I think the closest English word we have, you know, and here I am throwing one in, is minister. Mm. If I minister, am I serving or am I worshiping? Uh, it, yeah, maybe it doesn't cover both. But I'm just saying it. Yeah. It, the, the idea is I do something, but with a heart of worship, and and as in a, in a now. In the old covenant, the priests would minister in that temple and they would serve in that temple. That pattern is actually not lost in the new covenant. Mm. All right? So here's something yeah. that, something that comes through. That's good. All right? But depending on how you understand that concept of serving is whether you pick up the old way of doing things mm. and make it, well, I will just serve in the new country. And there are people today who serve in the church yeah. but with the wrong way of doing it. Yeah. You know, it's the old covenant sort of way. But there is a new covenant way of bringing a service which has got to be interwoven with our, an attitude of worship. Of worship. That's good. Um, but let's go back and let's look at it. It says... How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, it doesn't just say make you able to serve in the living God. It says cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God or to worship the living God, to minister to the living God. Cleanse your conscience from dead works mm. is um, this whole process of working on the inside and how you see yourself and how you how your internals work, mm. and you are not doing it out of a, a sense of guilt and conscience yeah. that I need to do this. Um, 
I think I said it was the last scripture, but it is it is we connected to that. that's all right. Romans eight verse one. You know, we were reading Romans seven. I, I've just skipped all the part where Paul then talks about how he just struggles, you know, like the, the, the law revealed to him he was a sinner, mm. but it did nothing to help him cleanse it. In fact, yeah. it made it worse. It was the law the problem. The law wasn't the problem. It was just him. I'm the problem, mm. but I feel guilty. I feel um, what I can do. And it says, um, you know, well, let's just go back to the end of chapter 7. He gets exasperated to the very end. Wretched man that I am, verse 24, who will set me free from the body of this death? Ah, oh, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, on the one hand, I myself, my, my mind, am serving the law of God. On the other hand, my flesh, the law of sin. So I'm struggling. Who's going to set me free? Thanks be to God. It's Jesus. Verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm. Condemnation um, can be, you know, it, it's, a, it's a feeling, isn't it? Yeah. People feel condemned. Mm. But is condemnation only a feeling? What is condemnation? Like, um, you you know that you've done wrong. You know that you've done wrong. And let me help you. And you're condemned. <laughs> it's very simple, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You've done wrong and you're condemned. And you're condemned. How many know what it's like to know that you've got a sentence of condemnation, you've been condemned, and you're just walking to the sentence? Mm. I, I've already been judged. Yeah. I've already been found guilty. And I'm just walking, waiting for my execution. I'm a condemned man. Mm. A condemned man is not waiting to go to the courts to find out whether he's going to be free. Mm. He has been found guilty. Mm. He's in between the being found guilty and the execution of the judgment. He's a condemned man. If you are walking under condemnation, Mm. you are walking under the shadow of your being condemned. Wow. That's what Paul's saying. My sin is condemned. My sinfulness is condemned, and I'm walking in the shadow of it. Because what can I do? What can I do? Mm. The law says, don't make a mistake. Can't do that. Yeah. If you do, go and get them to offer a, um, mm. you know, a, a turtle dove or a goat or something, and then go back there when you fail again. Because yeah. it just says you, you're condemned you're, you're to, to repeat. Mm. But I'm not. Therefore, there is now now no. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. I am not walking with the sentence of being yeah. condemned over me. Oh, it's so good. And that's why I had to read that one to go back to what we were talking about in Ro, um, in Hebrews. Cleanse your conscience from dead works. That mm. talks about the removal of that condemnation and being. Now, mm. sometimes people are, oh, is removing the feeling of guilt. Uh, can I just say, if, the, if your feelings of guilt or not guilt really are irrelevant mm. to whether you are guilty or not. Yeah. You know, there are people in prison who do not feel guilty. Mm. doesn't matter. They're guilty. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, it, and it, it, it's, it, guilt, guilt is a feeling but guilt is also a reality. Yeah. And if your feelings match up or don't match up, it sort of doesn't really make mm. any difference. What God is saying, I don't just deal with the feelings. Yeah. I deal with your guilt. Mm. Not the sense of shame, but the actual thing that you're, you know, you're, yeah. you're actually down. Yeah. Um, because some people don't feel any shame. And if you don't feel any shame, all you have to do is read the Old Testament, mm. read the old law, 
the law will make you aware of yeah. how sinful you are. Then you understand how thankful I am to I need yeah. a savior. Right. He said that the, the old covenant that serves a purpose. It makes us realize I need a savior. Mm. Without the old covenant, you know, so you know, that's why that's why we have difficulty in our current um, world because people do not have any sense of the law that is bringing them under condemnation, mm. which is bringing them to an awareness of their sin, which is highlighting the fact that they are sinners. We're mm. just telling everybody, everyone, it's fine, you're lovely, you're amazing, you're just, as good, you're just good like you are. Mm. You know what I mean? You are born wonderful. You are born perfect. No, we're born sinners. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and that's, oh, how can you say that? I like this. We are born sinners. Just like that. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not Done. saying it. I'm just echoing it. Yeah. How can, how can I make that statement? Well, I'm not. I'm just telling you what God says. Yeah. Well, and, and you say, well, how can God say Well, then you have to, the argument's with you and God, not me. I'm just the middle man mm. right now. Oh, there's not even a God. Well, then there's, that's your problem. Do you know what I mean? But there is a God, and he's your creator, and he says you're sinful and you need saving, but without a recognition of the law, and an understanding of that, people don't have any guilt, they don't have any condemnation, and therefore they don't need to be saved. Mm. And so the, those things are not wrong, but I don't want people to live in guilt and under condemnation. I want them to find freedom and salvation in Jesus. Mm. And there therefore is now no condemnation. You're no longer condemned. And because you're no longer condemned, you have a cleansing in your inner awareness yeah. of your current status. And that's when you have to <clears throat> change your thinking to align yourself with what has been done for you, not to see yourself as what you've done, but what Jesus has done for you. That's exact. And Josh couldn't have said it better. I, I, I think I think you've said that a few times. I've just echoed it. Uh, and I've just I got it from Paul, <laughs> and, I say, and I got it from Jesus. And he, so we all we all just are echo, echoing that truth. So we're gonna. Um, if anyone got any questions, Brooke actually said, "Hey, um, can we have question time at the end?" So that's why. I've actually um, just left a little bit of time that we, if anyone's got any questions, you can put them online and we'll, we'll work with that. Um, or if they're in those here or um, in the parents' room, anyone who's got a question, if you want to just ask me something, Josh will tell you the answer. And um, No, but there's more. There's more about that, but I want you to, I think we've got the, 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 the half the picture about um, the things about the law. But this is why you need to know it because you, we do not want to get any mix. You've got to lean in heavily to what God has done, fully understand how the, the old covenant and the law is just not suitable mm. and um, not try. Now, does that mean there's nothing in there? Well, it's, when it's a shadow and reflects the reality, that's okay. Mm. But we cannot go back there to swim in the pool or to, to live in the room. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But when it shows us that there's a swimming pool and a person swimming, we can say, we're the people doing the real swimming. We're enjoying that which they they, they could never actually fully enjoy. Yeah. Um, we, we actually are, are living it and enjoying it and um, doing it. So any did you have a question? Um, with the analogy of the hotel, yes. which is an, I thought an amazing analogy, would you say then that, okay, if we went to the real estate and you were looking at the little figurines and how they use the facilities. Is that saying that, okay, looking back and seeing in the old, um, like, you know, looking back and then seeing it a, getting the inspiration of, like you just said, um, the little figurines in the pool show us that, okay, there's a real pool we should now be swimming in. Yes. And so it's like search 
our new covenant for that swimming pool. Yes. Is that how you're saying that we should now use the old looking back and saying, hey, hey I, haven't, I haven't seen a swimming pool in my covenant, so I need to go find that swimming pool because that's something I should have? It, it usually works um, probably the other way. It, it, the, Bible, the Bible's illustration is not using a, um, a model of a hotel building block. Yeah. <laughs> you might be surprised. That's, that's, I've added that. <laughs> Yeah, so um, that, you know, she wasn't sure if that was in the Bible. Yeah, Paul said, you know, when you when you go to a you know real estate agent and you see the model of the um, the the biblical concept, the biblical word is shadow. Okay, it's a shadow of, and the way a shadow works is that there's something real, and then the light comes, and then if you go behind it, you can see that image, but it's not often clear. It can be a little bit distorted. Um, you know, it's, it's shadow images, which means that we can sort of see it. What you'll probably find is as you study Jesus and his purposes in the new covenant, you will see things clearly that now you recognize were in the old covenant. Do you know what I mean? It normally happens that I see that and I go, oh, that was in the old covenant. Um, not so much that it's an old covenant and you'll say, but it's not a bad thing to keep open in your heart and be keep inquiring and saying, God, when I'm reading, let me see. See, I'm not just reading for information and seeing how they lived. I'm looking to see the shadows of what is ahead, all right? But then thank God through the clarity of Jesus and then the clarity of the teaching of the new covenant, that gives us a, a clearer picture of what it really is because it would have been hard to sort of know what the lamb represented, you know, until John the Baptist said, behold, here comes the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Oh, it's a person. It's Jesus. And, um, you know, so, so that's what Paul does, um, you know, Galatians and then especially the book of Hebrews, that, that teaching it's sort of it's pulling all these things out of the old covenant, you know, the the the, um, the declaration of Melchizedek and other things, and suddenly making it clear. But at the times, they they wouldn't have had that sort. Of, it wasn't as clear from there. So you know, Isaiah fifty three, you'll see in Isaiah fifty three a whole lot of stuff that is the reality is in Jesus. So we can look at that and get the um, revelation from it, um, and you can do that. So yeah, definitely read it and and look, and then. Um, and, and what you'll probably find is that oh, this is a perfect illustration of yeah. what's to come and, yeah. and what I'm living in. So that's that's why um, we're actually told um, in Paul, you know, in letter to the Corinthians, he says, um, "Look at the people when they were coming out of Egypt and coming into the Promised Land. You'll find a whole lot of um, similarities through their life and what they went through, which represent us entering into the fullness of what we have." So we can learn from them. That's why we, we go and we talk, we teach from Joshua and we teach from the old covenant and often those things. But you've got to handle them carefully. If you, if you move from shadow to the real, you can get a little bit confused because some of the stuff that's in the book of Leviticus might be a little bit like, oh, that's a bit tough. Or, um, you know, you sort of see the way, you know, judges and things like that behaved. And, and um, I was like, oh, well, it's got to come through the, um, the filter of the new and that's also why Jesus said in his teaching, he said, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, and what he's doing is bringing you through to the understanding of what the reality was, mm. and those filters were didn't quite understand, you know. Yeah, so he, he have to, you have to be careful about making it too solid in the old, but if you do it with the right attitude that you're looking, it's actually a wonderful, it's like discovering a world of, like you said, I'm looking here and I discover a swimming pool. I didn't even know there was a swimming pool over here. All right? I didn't even know there was a swimming pool. And so now I can look in the new covenant for that. And okay, that's a, 
Um, Deuteronomy 28, people discovered Deuteronomy 28, verses 3 to 14. This is amazing, these blessings. Ah, oh, yeah, that's pointing to... Yeah, and, and, and so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm currently studying myself um, Genesis 49, which is Jacob's blessing on his 12 children, and Deuteronomy 33, which is um, Moses' blessing on those, the 12 tribes as they go into the promised land. For that same reason, looking at the blessings that were given to them to enter into the promised land to give me an understanding of the reality that I've got today. Mm. Okay. Um, all right. I think that's, that's all. No other questions. Um, so go back and, and watch last week when we talk about the, you know, into, go, back, go back, watch all, all mm. the messages. Um, feel free to share this. We will pick this up and I can't guarantee I don't, I am not teaching out of a sense of I've got a really clear mm. agenda and here's, here's yeah. how I'm working through. I'm really sensing to try and build your faith by teaching and preaching out of the overflow of the Spirit. Yeah. Um, so um, what you get here is going to be, um, I can't say next week, oh, we're going to do this. And, and that's great because like, this is not just something that has been done before or you can get like anywhere else. Uh, I'm not, but this is actually, it's real and it's flowing and it's, yeah. it's revelation knowledge. like. So you know, it, that's really good. Yeah, that's, that's what we want. That's that's where that's what you want to be a part of. So go with this, enjoy it, pass it on, and then um, if you'd like to join us, like we said, we've had some people join us this week um, live, and um, we've got a parents' room, and the, mm. if, you, if you've got young children, you can bring them in. They can be playing there while you can. Um, we've got video feed, and you can see us through the window, so you can be part of it. Um, but otherwise, have a great week living this out and walking in the full fullness of this. I want to bless you and say um, walk in the fullness of God's covenant. God bless you.